You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcast on the NBA, the NFL, and fantasy sports. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Draft.com. It's uh, fantasy basketball, fantasy football, but different, better. We'll tell you a little bit more about that in a bit. I'm Doug Branson, and I'm joined all the remaining days of this week by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker, and Nada Edwards is joining us this week, David. This is fantastic news. Guys, we have just about made it. We're almost to the All-Star break. I can see it. I can smell it. I can taste it, even though it's on the West Coast. And we get Nada all week. Nada, did you know that Joe Ingles' nickname is Jingling Joe? I Actually, I did. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I did. You did not. Yes, I did. You did not. Yes. You know how I knew? Because I had an interview with Donovan Mitchell. That's how. There we go. First first shameless plug of his uh, week-long or half a week-long adventure with us. Yes, Nada has or, or will, will, will have an article out. By the time this post, I guess the article will be out, right, Nada? Probably around noonish, but yeah. Okay, just about so in time. a few hours you can check. Where are we checking for your new article on Donovan Mitchell? We are checking at uprocks.com. That's basically where most of my content comes out. It is a really interesting piece that we will discuss as the week goes on further because there is a specific quote that I think Hornets fans should necessarily read. Okay. So go check that out at noon, and we'll talk about it. We're going to talk about your article in depth on Friday, so make sure you're tuning into Friday's episode for that. But first... We have to talk about the game tonight. The Hornets play the Orlando Magic in Orlando. This will be the final game before the All-Star break for the Charlotte Hornets. The Magic are 18-38 and 38 on the year. They've been uh, ravaged by injuries to their top players this season. Uh, Terrence Ross, Nikola Vucevic, Gordon, their top rookie, Jonathan Isaac, has been out. They've all missed time, missed significant time, some of them. And uh, our friend and host of Locked On Magic, Philip Rossman-Reich, seems to think that the scars of losing for five years now is is taking its toll on the talent that they do have available. Uh, so this is a team that really just can't muster a win right now. And uh, what, do you, what do you see in this one, David, for the Hornets? Is this a, are, are we quote-unquote must-winning this game? If you want to, sure. Go ahead and win it. <laughs> I, as I said, as I said yesterday, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference at this point. But but it's interesting, Doug. So you're saying that not necessarily a culture of losing, but repetitive losing, repetitive striking out, trying mm-hmm. to tank out mm-hmm. and not being successful. That has hurt some of this uh, effort. Is that what you're saying? Yes, it's amazing. When you lose for five years, it tends to, <laughs> yeah, it tends to develop this culture where even when you do start to uh, swing and hit on talent. Uh, it, it it really hurts your ability to win, especially close basketball games. It just seems like these guys they they have they still even with the injuries they still have talent on this team and yeah. they haven't been able to get over the hump. So uh, no. the, the Hornets will look to take advantage of that. 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Even though, even though they have like young, exciting players who you think would be able to fit in this current NBA, right? Not, I mean, Isaac, even though some of these guys are hurt, like they're all guys yeah. that can play both ways, that can do several things that a lot of people like in a vacuum, but it just hasn't added up to any success whatsoever. I mean, it, that's the big thing, though, quite frankly, is that it just doesn't have any success. And they keep striking out in certain ter- ter- certain terms, quite frankly. I mean, when you give nearly $100 million to a set, to two key members of a 7-59 team in free agency, you might end up looking kind of bad. I, I mean, I love yeah. Biz. Biz is one of my favorites. But giving him $64 million and then turning around and giving DJ Augustine almost $30 million, almost $40 million, as a matter of fact, is not going to make you a better team. Is it going to try and change the culture? Perhaps. But when you start thinking about the teams that they've been that they've actually been successful on, Biz only had that one year in Toronto. And then you have DJ Augustine, who was like a fringe member on a playoff team, what, a couple of times, maybe with the Pacers. but that's the thing though. You don't change the culture. This is what happens. And this is why, again, sustained tanking doesn't work, but more importantly with the way this team is going, Gordon seems to be on and off. We still don't know what Jonathan Isaac happens to be, which is kind of scary, but at the same time, he's still just 19. I mean, at some point we just have to start looking like this should be a must win game, but at the same time, this is also one of those where if they do win this game, it's kind of like moving around deck chairs on the Titanic. Saying all, <laughs> saying all of that, David and Nada, still are the Magic, do you think the Magic are in a better position for the future than the Hornets are right now? I mean, they've got, they, they've got $96 million in contracts for this season. That drops to 84. They've got a core of Fournier, Biombo, Vucevic, and Ross locked up for $10-plus million dollars. And then DJ Augustine drops to seven. Jonathan six. Jonathan Simmons six million. That's a that's a crazy good deal for how well Jonathan Simmons has been playing this season. And then Shelvin Mack will be expiring. Vucevic expiring after next uh, after next season. Ross expiring after next season. They're kind of set up for the future if they did want to try to add some veteran talent. Right. I, th- I guess the biggest question is like, who's their guy, right? I mean, they don't really have one mm-hmm. right now. I guess I think Isaac could develop into that. But look, I mean, the biggest sin, and we're seeing it play out in Charlotte right now, the biggest sin I think you can have right now is really, really bad contracts. You know, I mean, the pieces in Charlotte, right, are not horrible, but the contracts are. And that's what's really hamstringing this team, you know, among other things. But I think Orlando, as Nato mentioned, has made some horrible signings in the past. Maybe they're trying to dig themselves out of it. I think that's what you kind of have to do. But, it, but the pieces still aren't fitting together quite as they had hoped there. So, I mean, you know, it's almost like six in one hand and a half dozen in the other. It's like, do you would you rather have a piece? Would you rather have a Kimba? Would you rather have some talent and have no ability to add anything else? Or, you know, a, a bunch of pieces that don't fit with some room to add some more? It's 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 hard to figure out who's gonna finish the race first, you know. Yeah, I totally understand. I totally agree. But at the same time, one of the big things I do worry about with the Magic is that is a guy like Frank Vogel going to be long for that job, or are they going to get mm-hmm. antsy and blame him for all the failures when you have constant shuffling of the front office, you have constant change, you have basically no they're aimless for the better for lack of a better term. And they're they're basically a worse version of Charlotte, where 
at some point we we do they do need to have a discussion and self-evaluation period where who's going who's staying and i don't think they know the answer to that because if yeah. it's not gordon it's not isaac and you sell off your best point guard for basically a second rounder because you didn't feel like he was going to be worth the extension that he was going to get i'm not sure that's good management and if bad and as we've seen bad management will undermine everything and at some point Granted, there will be a ton of cap space, but honestly, who's going to sign there? Well, I will say this for the Magic, that despite losing these close games like the Hornets have, the Hornets uh, have lost a lot of close games this season, the the Orlando Magic have a, a lot of youthful energy. I mean, they, they, they are trying really hard to win these games, and they're just falling short, whereas I feel like the Hornets are in a bit of a malaise, and, and it doesn't seem like they just have enough gas at the end of these games uh, uh, to come away with a victory and enough offensive efficiency, enough offensive flow uh, to to win some of these games. And they don't really have en- enough shooting either, which is also a problem for the Orlando Magic. But the one thing that the Magic will have moving forward is room to maneuver, which the Hornets won't have right. uh, for, for another season, season and a half. So, uh, and, yeah, I, I think it's an interesting yeah. conversation to have. And there are three main guys, as you look at it right now, I guess you lump Isaac into this, but – Gordon, Isaac, and Jonathan Simmons. I mean, those deals are ridiculous. You know, no one's making more than $7 million and Aaron Gordon mm-hmm. isn't making that until next year. Mm-hmm. Their big-time money makers are, are Terrence Ross. At, you know, at 10, I mean, that's 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 manageable. And then you got Biamba, who's really bad, Fournier and Vucevic, as, as you guys mentioned. But those are the top four. So in their defense or, or, or arguing in their case, their young talent who they have to be counting on, who they actually know can play, are still on really, really good deals. All right, let's move back to this game, though, uh, tonight. Kimball Walker always plays well against the Orlando Magic. He will be key to this victory. October 29th, he had 34 points, 10 assists, 6 rebounds. And then in the game on uh, December 4th, he had 29 points, 7 assists, 3 steals, 2 boards, and a block in a 104-94 victory. So if they want to you know, pick up that third straight victory, a lot of it's going to fall on Kimball Walker, as it has really all season long. And I've got one other stat for you guys. This is amazing. I pulled this uh, from the game notes. Jeremy Lamb recorded 13 points off the vi- off the bench against Toronto to record his 86th career game in Charlotte with 10 or more points off the bench. That's good for second most in franchise history behind Del Curry's 455. Uh-oh. That's... Wait, Del- so how many... So Jeremy Lamb has 86. How many? How many? Oh. <laughs> Del Curry has 455. So I feel like that's one record that Del Curry can feel comfortable will not be broken this season. But isn't that amazing that the Hornets have not had another player come even close to Del Curry in terms of sixth man scoring? It is amazing. It's also I want to say it's not surprising, especially considering recent times and the lack of a, a bench that it, like it is amazing, though, 400 before. Like, that's the one thing about Dell we do not talk about enough is his just straight up consistency. He was just consistently great, consistently great shooter. And ideally, like a guy like that coming back, especially in times like now would be like ideal for their bench. Just a guy that, you know, can fill it up from behind the arc. Yeah, nobody's gonna break that till Steph comes back. Oh, okay, stop, <laughs> stop now, please. 
Fantasy basketball fans, listen up. If you love fantasy basketball, then you need to try our new favorite app. It's called Draft. It's daily fantasy basketball, but it's not like the other guys. Here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one night, and there's no management. You just set it and forget it. It's easy. That's what we like on this show. We like when things are easy. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you, and drafts start every couple of minutes so you can join one right now. And the best part is you play for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. No salary caps. You play in that real live snake draft, just like you play with your friends in a season-long league, but it lasts for just one night, like your daily fantasy league. It's the best of both worlds. Come and join us on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes or play right from your computer on Draft.com. For a limited time, only all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code LOHORNETS. That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using our promo code LOHORNETS on your first deposit on Draft. All right, let's talk some NBA for a few minutes before we bounce. The Warriors were blowing out the Suns on Monday night, and Steve Kerr let his players draw up a few plays. You had Iguodala running the huddle a few times. Draymond did as well. Kerr was catching a little flack for this uh, yesterday from some of the pundits on ESPN and other places. Let's go to Uh, Kerr for his explanation. He said, quote, It had to do with me reaching my team. I have not reached them for the last month. They're tired of my voice. I'm tired of my voice. It's been a long haul these last few years, and I wasn't reaching them, and we just figured it was probably a good night to pull a trick out of the hat and do something different, unquote. He said he talked to the Suns coach, Jay Triano, about doing that and said he meant no disrespect. I don't really care about the angle that everyone else is taking on this, which is, did Steve Kerr disrespect the Suns? Who cares? It's the Phoenix Suns, and had he done it to the Charlotte Hornets, it wouldn't have mattered to me either. If Kerr felt like he could do that or needed to do that, fine. It's his team. Anyways, I I don't care. <laughs> Are you what sure? I, what I'm saying to you is I, I don't care. I don't care about that angle that uh, nearly everyone care. took on this uh, because it's the easy it's the easy angle. It's the it's the easy one. I want the local angle. I want to bring it here to Charlotte because this is a Charlotte Hornets podcast recorded in Charlotte. So the local angle is this. Can you see Steve Clifford ever doing this, saying, Jesus, take the wheel. Dwight, take the wheel. Call a player <laughs> two. I'm going to hang out over here. You haven't been listening to me, so you guys just figure it out. Well, I kind of thought that was what happened when he took that month off because of the medical issues. I mean, that's he basically did it with Steve Steven Silas. I mean, he kind of did. Well, but that's a different, right? That's an assistant coach. And he said, look, you're the coach here. You know, you're the captain now. You, uh, this has to be your team because you have to get the respect of the players out there. This is different than in a game in the heat of battle. Here's I just, the problem. I just can't uh, see Steve Clifford ever doing this day. No, neither well, can I. And this is, and I'll tell you one reason why it's one of the larger problems with the Hornets as they're constructed. I'm not sure who speaks up. I, I think if they all sit down in that huddle and says anything they just sit there and stare at each other for for the entirety of the timeout and uh and you know nothing gets drawn up but so i don't think it works in charlotte but i I admire steve's kerr steve kerr's you know ability to create new ways to just just 
just dig people, just to get people upset with something that really doesn't matter at all. By the way, the Suns lost by 40. So I don't think it had a lot to do. That was the other thing that I that I enjoyed about it. Like Jared Dudley came out and said, yeah, it was disrespectful. But when you're getting beat in the head by 40 every night, you kind of deserve it. And again, you don't deserve the respect, quite frankly. And I, I kind of agree with him on that. Stop getting beat by 40. And you know what? Maybe, just maybe, people won't do that. People won't have to play their C-plus game. I mean, the Hornets came back from 21 against this team. And most nights against a good team, or at least a decent team, the Hornets do not come back. They came back from 21 like it was nothing. No, the best part. The best part was was some of the NBA Twitter commentariat uh, that were saying, you know, while it was happening, were saying, if I were a if I were a Phoenix Suns player, I would get fired up by this. And it was like, yeah. well, they didn't. Well, <laughs> well, it doesn't matter because the Golden State no, Warriors are that dominant that they yeah, don't care. They took, it, they, took, they took a celebratory picture last year after a loss after Devin Booker <laughs> scored seventy. So I'm not sure they're getting too fired up. In, yeah. a, in, a, you know, in a game like that, uh, but, uh, you, you got to hand it to Kerr, though, man. He like, look how many games this team and this group has played together. I know you want to go local angle on this, Doug, but I got to go back to Kerr for a second. Like, it's impressive. He kind of so comes up with little teamwork to kind of keep it interesting. I mean, you know, it's they're getting near the all star break. They're just trying to grind this thing out. Let's make things interesting for this team that's been around, that's been together forever, probably getting a little bored kicking the hell out of everybody. So, you know, it's just another way to for him to spice things up. You can call the Hornets a lot of things. I don't think you can call them bored. I mean, they, they are confused. Mm. Uh, they are fatigued. They fragile. are fragile. They are despondent. But they are certainly not bored with all of the winning and all of the, and, and all of the scoring. Uh, so, yeah, that's probably part of the reason why Steve Clifford would not um, would not release – the wheel and and who's, give give more power most to players. Likely, who's most likely Dwight, to hit the clipboard? Dwight. Though? Dwight. Dwight. It's Dwight Howard. It's absolutely. Uh, yeah. Dwight, Dwight Howard followed by Marvin. Dwight followed by Marvin. I mean, who's the Iggy on this team? It's not Dwight. It's been Marvin. It's Marvin. That's fine. I'm I'm fine with Marvin being Iguodala, but Dwight takes the clipboard immediately and like tries to imitate Steve Clifford's voice. Like he tries to do the voice. <laughs> And be the coach. Don't forget the fart noises that probably come with it. <laughs> uh, love Dwight, but that's that's what he would do. He would, I, I, because, but and honestly, I, I mean that because I think he is the. You, you said it, uh, David, that there there aren't a lot of players that speak up on this team, yeah. and that and that right now I think are operating very confidently, and I think that Dwight Howard, despite everything, the has is is confident right now in his own ability, and and confident in what he's doing out on the floor right now. Uh, you know, obviously he's he's made everything about the team this season. And, you know, whenever he gets uh, praise from anyone on Twitter, he says, yeah, but we got to go get a win. You know, I mean, he said all the right things, um, but he's still confident in what and I, I think he has every right to be because I think he's he's had a bounce back season. I think he's been successful in some of the individual things that he wanted to accomplish for himself this season. Uh, it just hasn't translated for a variety of reasons into team wins. Um but I just I bring this up only because we hear Steve Clifford all the time on these postgame interviews saying the responsibility is on me. The responsibility is on me to 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 uh, get this team prepared to play. And, and he doesn't he doesn't really put the onus on the players as much. And, and, you don't it's it's tough to do that when you're losing. Right. You don't want to, like, call out your players and, and abandon them in that way. But then you have Steve Kerr. He said in a different quote that essentially, like, 
it's their team. Like, like I, I coach them, I guide them, but it's not, it's not the owner's team. It's not the, the general manager's team. It's not my team. It's their team. And he means that in the way that like what happens on the court is really up to them. They are professionals that, you know, the play, the play rarely goes how the play is supposed to go. I mean, so often it's, it's up to these guys to improvise and recognize and read and react and so, so much of this is on them that Steve Kerr said, "All right, let, let's let's just give it over to them." And uh, I, I'm I'm not sure that 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 would uh, yeah I'm just not sure how that would play out in Charlotte. No, I, I I do definitely do agree with you on that one. Where I, it one of those things like the difference between Charlotte and obviously the Gold, Golden State is besides the obvious like gap in talent is. With that much talent, you are expected to, again, with great power comes with great responsibility, basically. And they have, an, they have a responsibility to basically be the best team in the world, best assembly, best, best assembly of talent almost. Mm-hmm. And when you do that and you have that responsibility, that means every night you got to bring it or else the knives and daggers come out. Whereas Clifford, he's protecting those guys as much as he possibly can yeah. right now. And that's, that's the big it. thing for me is that he's protecting those guys and he could legitimately hang a lot of those guys out to dry and he doesn't. And it's one of the things that people love about him and it's yeah. why people want to come here and play for him besides the fact that he happens to make players a lot of money. I think it's part and, of the reason why he catches flack from uh, so many fans and, and and people that we see on Twitter and, and people that, that, that call into radio stations and want him to be fired because he's literally like every – Every loss, he's saying, "Blame me." Like he's taking, he's no, taking that fire. Yes, I mean, I, good coaches take the blame when they probably shouldn't a little too much, and they deflect the credit, you know, the the same way. So I think that's what you want your coach to do, and they have to know the mentality of the team they're dealing with too. I mean, a lot goes into it. Look, Steve Kerr is dealing with legacies. He's dealing with all time NBA legacies and Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, and you know those. Hall of Famers on that team. That's a much different scenario than what Steve Clifford is dealing with. But I also think that Clifford is doing what good coaches should do uh, and is taking as much of the blame on himself as he can. And I mean, that's, I think anyone watching that knows that this is not all Steve Clifford's fault. I mean, everyone in this mix has a hand in what's gone wrong. But my God, look at how the team is constructed. Look at the pieces, it's not fitting together. Uh, you could gripe at some of the game time decisions or or what have you in game, but like you cannot sit there and say this team is not coached well. To your point, Doug, you bring this up all the time. Winslow, they have they have not given up. I mean, they they have all the reason in the world to act like the Phoenix Suns. To be not honest yet. with you, we haven't seen it yet. That's no. that's yet to be seen in in this last you know stretch of twenty six games. Um, but yeah, no, you're totally right. And I just want you to know, David, that whenever anything goes wrong on this show. Whenever we miss something on this show, right? Uh, you're the you're the first person that I blame. No, no, and the I won't expect person. anything different from you. <laughs> I'm still waiting on my, my my jingling Joe, my credit for that one. You 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 glossed over that one, not a back me up, but that's all right. Okay, I want to get your yeah. Anyway, moving there you on. Go again. No, there moving you on. Go again. I don't want to. No, uh, moving on. We got to talk about this before we get out of here too. This is another big story in the NBA. Markel Fultz. Have you read this Markel Fultz stuff? Kyle Newbeck of the Philly Voice. It's so weird. Did a big profile on the number one overall pick 
and his not so well documented struggles to get on the floor. It hasn't been well documented because the Sixers have done a masterful job of hiding and masking their broken treasure. Number one overall pick, dominated in college, injures his shoulder, I guess? His shot goes wonky doodle, and it seems like 17 people are on the case of Markel Fultz's missing shot, including the Sixers who are putting VR goggles on him to try to fix Yeah, this is yeah. His confidence, what's going on here? Yeah, the, the one big thing is and I'm reading from the athletic piece that granted you have to pay for the uh, uh, the subscription. Oh, look at me supporting local journalism. Well, look, again, <laughs> I, I, I have my subscriptions. It's one of those things I got to do. Again, it's a research journalism thing. But yeah, right, right. Sign up for Patreon, patreon.com forward slash LOH support. <laughs> yes, please do. I also, I, I'm going to start doing that too. But, but more importantly, the um, Markel Fultz thing is like, they're talking about, like Derek Bodner's writing about how they made significant alterations to the shots, to his shot between that, between the summer and the start of the season. And this was made to quicken his shot because they felt like it wasn't a natural shot. It was going to be easily blocked. And the fact that they're just repeatedly doing this, like some of this is on Fultz, but a lot of this is on the Sixers. Well, it seems like a classic example (laughs) of too many cooks in the kitchen, right? I mean, it reminds me because you not only have the Sixers – trying to make adjustments and trying to deal with his injury and deal with his confidence and putting, you know, putting him in virtual reality. And you've got his personal trainer, apparently, who is also working to rebuild his shot. So you've got, that's why I say like 17 people are trying to figure this thing out. And it reminds me of the video. I don't know if you've seen this video of the, it's like a a parody video of a corporate marketing team trying to redesign the stop sign. And it ends up having 17 logos on it, a different shape, several colors. And at the end at the end of the video, a car crashes because it doesn't do the one thing it was supposed to do, which is warn people to stop. It's got the and logos. The- it, it went through the 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 nine, you know, uh, it went up the chain and up the ladder and went through the nine layers of approval. And and it doesn't do the one thing that it was supposed to do. You got too many hands in the pot. Too many people trying to figure out what's wrong with Fultz, his personal trainer, the trainers on the staff, his friends, his family, too many voices, and you end up with a number one overall pick that can't get on the floor. Well, what was wrong? He's, he Was he not scoring at will in college? Was, was he not the – No, the, the funny thing is he was able to shoot. He was hitting like four right. or five threes a game in his last five <laughs> games, and that was the crazy part. Like he could shoot. The issue is, and ironically, it goes back to what we're talking about with Orlando. This is how bad teams stay bad. This is why you don't necessarily tank. This is why culture matters so much, because a cultured team would probably have steered everybody away and made sure that Fultz had one voice to listen to. And that's the big thing. This is why team culture matters so much. This is why you don't tank that much. This is why trusting the process, while it may get you some great results, is also going to lead to some bad habits. Well, it's why... It's why tanking does not a championship organization make. It may allow you to acquire championship-level players, championship-level talent. But part of the reason that the Warriors and the Spurs and 
the Cleveland, I think the Cavaliers are an example of LeBron James just being an overwhelming talent. But let's just take the Warriors and the Spurs, two organizations that have put together sustained winning. Like it's part of that is because they they have amazing coaches, amazing general managers, and just an amazing organization. And their scouting departments are second to none. And they can spot talent. They can develop talent. And they don't get into situations like you see with this Markel Fultz situation where you've got five different people from the team with five different stories on why Markel Fultz is not on the floor and and nobody can talk to Fultz, which is probably a good move, but at the same time confuses everyone, confuses fans. And this is just not how a championship organization operates. It's so, bizarre. I mean, at the same time, though, isn't this the craziest thing you've ever seen, though? From no. A guy to- no, I mean, a number one overall pick. They give up two first picks for him. He could score in college. Like, he was the runaway overall pick. It's crazy it's to see the him. The crazy uh, part, be- David, the crazy part is that it's not a bigger deal. Why is this not? This just doesn't seem like a big deal to me. And, and I feel that's why I said in the open of the segment that, like, I just feel mm. like the, 70, the 76ers have done such a great job of being like, no, 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 everything's okay. Nothing to see here. Everything's fine. Says no one's supporting him. <laughs> right? Yeah. Now you've got players <laughs> leaving the boat, saying, "No, listen, this uh, that situation messed up." Yeah, exactly. These are not the droids you seek at all. Yeah, it's terrible. Second reason it's interesting to me is because the Hornets have a rookie right now that is struggling as well, Malik Monk. We knew he might have some troubles on defense, guys, but he can't hit an open shot either. See, see, you okay? Yeah. What? Yeah. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> going, David. Give me a stat. Yeah, can, I, Give me a stat that shows me he's hitting open shots right now. Doug, when is he playing? He's not playing. He's playing in these garbage time of games. I just don't think you can fairly judge him on any of this at this point. Like this season is a wash until he starts playing in some of these last twenty or so games. Then maybe you can. You can you can give an accurate uh, opinion on that, but I just think like it's tough to judge him right now. This has been a, such an up and down, mostly down season for him. How is he supposed to get a feel for anything in the last three minutes of the game? Do you think that? But but my point is, don't you think that this season would have gone somewhat different for him if if early on when he was sort of on the bubble, if he were knocking down his open shot opportunities? Don't don't you think that things would be different for him right now? No, not at all. I don't know. I think mainly because even if he hits his open shot opportunities, I honestly think because of how Clifford likes his guards to play, I think the amount of breakdowns that he causes would have been his undoing regardless. And I think when you're a rookie and you start off early and you get your playing time cut off, I think it does mess with your confidence a little bit. And the fact that he's not playing regularly, as David mentioned, is a big reason why he's probably like it's again, it's all in his head. And more importantly, the physicality, he probably would have been worn down by now anyway. And we like there's a lot of factors to this that I just don't think like this season was going to be a wash. It should have been a wash from jump because he missed training camp. He had the ankle injury. and I just go back to the 25-point quarter against um, Milwaukee. Yeah. The way he scored in that told me a lot more than everything else that, that that he's done thus far in this season. The fact that he can be a volume scorer like that 
just lets me again it gives me a glimpse it gives me hope it's the one thing i'm holding on to barring anything that goes forward this season hope i'm holding on to your hope i'm 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 grasping on your hope but we saw that in college though doug i mean there is tape on him of going off at kentucky on multiple occasions and i know it's different I, i know it's obviously college and this is the pros but like scoring is scoring i think and you have to hope that that's going to carry over at some point certainly hasn't as of yet except for that one game which i'll remind you i was at that game and the gentleman behind me was a very big malik monk fan he kept yelling in fuego in fuego and his friend said what does that mean and he was like i don't know and uh, <laughs> He loved that game, and he we has just, no idea why he's not playing. We just uh, want we just want that man to say in fuego once again. We want him to be excited about Malik Monk. We want the Hornets to get a victory tonight over the Orlando Magic and get some confidence going in uh, to the All Star break. Uh, because, uh, as you heard Steve Clifford say the other night, this team uh, is still focused on making the playoffs, and will have you know a lot of decisions to make over the next eight to ten games uh so it could uh, be the determining factor in which way this season goes let us know know what you think on malik monk on markel fultz on steve kerr if you've got thoughts let us know on twitter at locked on hornets on instagram at locked on hornets thanks so much for listening to this edition of locked on hornets here on the locked on podcast network subscribe to us on itunes stitcher overcast whatever you use to get your podcast just search locked on hornets Thanks again to Nada. Go read his article on Uproxx on Donovan Mitchell. We're going to be digging into that article on Friday. And then make sure you tune in tomorrow because we are doing our NBA All-Star Weekend preview. A lot to get to on David's holiest of weekends. Tune in tomorrow. We're back with Nada. For David and Nada, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Beat the magic. Let's swarm sharp.